Good morning. Have a seat. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, we're going to be mostly in Romans 5. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's some on the back that we would like to uh, offer to you as a gift. Uh, If you have a Bible at home and you just need an extra one, or if you don't have an ESV version, which is what is back there, feel free to take those as our gift to you. Or even if you don't have one this morning, you just want to borrow it for the morning, that's cool too. Whatever. Uh, Romans chapter 5 is where we'll be for the most part this morning. And we're starting a new series this morning called Pillars. Um, and it's, we're going to kind of lay some foundational truths. Look at, at eight particular concepts uh, within Scripture that we have that are ours in Christ. The idea behind the series is to lay these foundational issues, to bring them in front of us, and so that these concepts would be readily available to our minds when, when stuff or life or things just happen to us. Does that make sense? That, as, that, that these concepts, we would be able to call upon these concepts quickly as, as, we're, as they're needed. Uh, the, the eight concepts that we'll look at. This morning we're going to talk about hope, what it means to hope. But also this, uh, in these eight weeks we'll talk about peace, joy, grace, mercy, priesthood, faith, and love. Those are the eight concepts we'll look at for the next eight weeks, starting this morning with hope. And the idea here is that these are foundational principles, foundational concepts for us to, to build on the Christian faith, to build on the Christian life. And Kyle has put this, this kind of screen here together, and notice the, the blueprint stuff that's in the background of that. And that's really cool and very intentional for us because these things are, are building blocks upon which the faith is built. And faith is sort of two ideas. One is one of the concepts we'll talk about as, as a concept, but when I use the word faith there to, as foundational to the faith, it's this religion, this Christianity thing that we follow. So foundational to Christianity are these truths. And for us, we need to, to press these things to the front of our brains, have them readily available. I liken it to this. Um, Dave texted me earlier this week and said, uh, do you have some, some of the weddings that you've done? Do you have your, your notes for those? And can you, can you send me a, a couple of copies of those? Sure, no problem. And for me, it was a challenge because I haven't done a wedding in, I don't know when the last one I did, but it's, it's been a while. And I've changed computers, and like the tornado happened and destroyed some of my computers, and so some of my old files, anything that I that I did before the tornado was really hard for me to to find, and so I, I do search, and you know sometimes the computer that I had and the computer that I can access was was a, a PC, and so it's I can't access the stuff from my Mac, and so it's it's just a challenge for me to access those files. And so when I, I do find a file, I always slide them to my desktop. You, you follow them? When I, a file that's hard to find, I put on my desktop or in a folder in my desktop so I can always access it quickly. And that's sort of the idea behind what we're doing for the next eight weeks, is to take these, these concepts and allow us to have quick and ready access to them. So that when someone asks us about hope or about faith or when life presses into us and we need access to the knowledge of what hope is. It's, readily, it's right there on our desktop. So that's kind of the, the idea, the, the theory behind what we're doing here. So what is hope? The, in, in Romans 5, let's, let's read Romans uh, 
5, 1 through 5 here. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope here is used a few times, and, and each time it's the Greek word elpis, which is the expectation of good, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And we'll kind of wrestle through what, what that means and practically how that lays out, but let's, let's read that again and, and think. Uh, as we walk through these foundational concepts, this pillar series is going to be important for us to, to really think about what's being taught to us. So what is hope? It's the expectation of good. Think about what that means. Expectation of good. Even when bad is apparent, even when bad is all you see, to have hope foundationally a part of who you are is to expect good. And it gets into definitions of, of what is good and what is bad. Can death be good? Can pain be good? To understand hope properly, the answer to that question is yes. Death, pain, hurt, tragedy, hardship can all be good. And it's also the joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. That no matter what happens on this planet, in this earth, good is coming. Salvation is coming. Salvation is at the end of what's going on. So what is hope? Let's look at some different scripture about what hope is. First, it's a sure and steadfast anchor. Hebrews 6.19, one of my favorite verses, says this. We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I love these these, these illustrations of a sure and steadfast anchor. This is what hope is to us. It is a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Give a little background. The Old Testament, in order to be in the presence of God, the, the true presence of God, you had to enter behind the Holy of Holies. There was a temple, and in the temple was a holy place. But beyond the curtain from the holy place was the holy of holies. And that was where the Israelites felt that God existed. His pureness of presence. When Christ died, he breathed his last breath. We remember reading this on Easter. It says that when he breathed his last breath, the temple veil was torn in two. That veil is the place that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. And so that we all completely had access to the presence, the purity of the presence of God. Because of Christ we now can go beyond that curtain, beyond that veil, and enter the presence of God. Hebrews 6.19 tells us that hope is the expectation of that, the place of that. Our hope enters in to the inner place, behind the curtain. This is what you have in hope. And, and I, I didn't do a good job as we're 
kind of laying the groundwork for this series just a minute ago. But ultimately, all of these eight concepts are yours in Christ. None of these are things you have to work for, you have to strive for, you have to mark off a checklist. You don't have to do anything. When you receive Christ, hope is yours. When you receive Christ, grace is yours. Grace is yours in Christ. Mercy is yours in Christ. All of these things are gifts of God through the work of Christ for your life. And this is essential for us to know and and connect with. Let's read this verse again, understanding that hope is a gift of God through Christ. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Matthew Henry, in his commentary about this verse, says this, We are in this world as a ship at sea, liable and tossed liable to be tossed up and down and in danger of being cast away. Our souls are the vessels, the comforts, expectations, graces, and happiness of our souls are the precious cargo with which these vessels are loaded. You get in the imagery that Matthew Henry is painting here. Heaven is the harbor to which we sail. The temptations, persecutions, and afflictions that we encounter are the winds and waves that threaten our shipwreck. We have an anchor to keep us sure and steady, or we are in continual danger. Gospel hope is our anchor in a stormy passage through this world. And this is why we have to have this on our desktops, readily available to us, so that when the storms happen, and we know we're carrying this precious cargo, and we know our port, our destination is far off. Hope is the anchor. You guys might remember a guy named Jim Valvano. He used to coach basketball for North Carolina State. Passed away, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, something like that. He had cancer. Right before he died, he received an award. Uh, he received an award that was preceded his death by cancer by just a few weeks. And everybody in the place had this great respect for Valvano. He was a great coach, but he was a better man. And at these, this award ceremony, he stands up and, and he gives a speech. You, every year on ESPN, they show it over and over again. But there's a, a part of that speech that just defines hope. Is exactly what hope is. Here it is. Jim Valvano says, Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. It cannot touch my soul. And these things are going to carry on forever. This is the definition of hope. This is hope. This is gospel, biblical hope. We can insert life, evil, Satan, can take away physical things. But it cannot touch your soul. pain of this world, the death of this world, the evil that is present can touch things around you, can take things away from you. But they cannot touch your salvation. They cannot touch what is yours in Christ. Second thing that hope is, it's given by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Go back to Romans 
5, 1 and 2, and look at, there's a couple of times where we see this word through. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The hope that we have is through Christ. Through him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Joyful, confident expectation of salvation, what we talked about before, the definition of hope, is yours through the work, the finished work of Christ. The next thing we have, uh, hope is, hope is to be rejoiced in. This is, this is really cool. Rejoice here is the Greek word that means to exult, to glory, to boast on account of a thing. So we boast on account of our hope. Here, here's what I uh, liken this to. We are not hesitant at all to celebrate, to throw a party for somebody who has a birthday or somebody who's getting married, a reception. It, if you don't have a reception, it's kind of weird, right? And the, the point of the reception is just to celebrate what's just happened, to glory on account of a thing. And we're called here to rejoice in our hope, to glory on account of a thing. Cooper had a baseball game last Wednesday night. It was his first game of the season. This is really the first game of, like, real for Cooper. Every year, every year before, it's been like there's one kid on the team that can catch a ball, and, like, there's one kid on the team that can throw really fast, and he strikes everybody out, and the only way you score is if you walk. You walk like four guys. That was— that, and you can't lead off, you can't steal bases. If the catcher catches it, you can't run to second, none of those things. So this is like his first real baseball game. And uh, the pitcher on the other team, I see him warming up, and he's throwing like really hard, throwing it really, really hard. And I'm like, oh man, we're in trouble. We're in deep trouble. And the first kid on, on Cooper's batting second, first kid gets up and like totally scared to death. And this kid's throwing way too hard, and he's afraid he's going to get hit, and he doesn't even swing the bat, and he strikes out. So now it's, Cooper's got this kid throwing really hard, and this other kid on his team, who's a good hitter, is completely intimidated, and now it's Cooper's turn to hit. And I'm, like, you know, nervous and pacing and whatever, and Jen's like, calm down, it's okay, He'll play. even if he's, it's fine. But, like, and so he gets up there and swing and miss, strike one. And the next one, he just smokes it. It happened to go right to the first baseman, but he, he ripped it right at the first baseman. He, he picked it up and got him out. Second time Cooper comes up, there's a couple of guys on from a walk. And, and he, the, I'm, I'm, I'm exulting right now. I'm, I'm rejoicing right now in my son. I'm, this is the illustration. He just rips this line drive over the second baseman's head and into right center field, and he gets a double, and he stands up, and he's got this big grin on his face. But you know what? My grin was way bigger. And so all that happens, and they wind up coming back to win the game, and it's this big, great thing, and I'm kind of helping the coach, and the main coach gathers all the kids together, and this was a team that's been together for a couple of years, and Cooper's new to the team, and this is, this is, this is the cool part. The coach says, um, I feel really weird here. This is like... It's, it's very close to, to moving into a pride situation that's bad. But the coach says here, he says, guys, we really need to work on our hitting because we didn't, 
we hit like three fair balls today, and all three of them Cooper hit. You guys, watch him in practice. And I'm like, oh man. And it was just so exciting to, for the, the coach to single him out and say that. And, you know, Cooper's trying to find his place on the team. And, you know, he's known these kids for like three weeks now and whatever. And so what did I do? I got it. Like, we're on the car on the way home. And, and I, like, I'm texting Jeff and calling my dad. And, dude, look, here's what just happened. This is so great. And this, but the point is, one, my, my, my son's a stud. That's one point. That's the pride part that I need to confess. But the real point is, is I'm exulting, glorying on account of a thing. Because of what happened, it just overwhelms me. And my immediate reaction is to, to just well up with excitement over what I've witnessed, what I've seen, what I've experienced. And not just that, to go and tell people. This message this morning is rejoicing in hope. Hey, everybody, I've seen hope. Look at how beautiful it is. Pay attention. Walk with me while we learn about what hope is. It's rejoicing in hope. And what the definition of hope is, it's something to be rejoiced in. Second, the last, the, not the last thing, the next thing. Hope is cultivated and purified by trial. There's a, a mixture that gives us hope. Let's Go back to our, our scripture. Look at, at verse 13. More than that, more than just rejoicing in hope, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. We glory on account of our sufferings. We tell people about our sufferings. We get excited. We well up with pride because they are in us. Because we know that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So at the end of our suffering is hope. At the end of our suffering is this intimate knowledge that Jesus has secured this all. And that one day we will be where he is. How often do we stop and think about that? Jesus Christ currently sits at the right hand of God. How often does it dawn on you that one day you will be there too? Stop and think. That's hope. If you don't hear anything else, hear that. That is hope. One day you will be where Jesus currently is. One day you will be where Jesus currently is. Sometimes I wish this was a Pentecostal church because I could get a woo! Because seriously, that's worthy of woo! One day you will be where Jesus is. That is hope. And we have to press that into our brains because what ends in hope is what begins with suffering. I love the word endure. That's a strong word. Endure. We've got some distance folks in here that, that run and bike and walk long distances. And endure is a big part of who you are. Suffering produces endurance. Yesterday, we were working at the garden, and, and I, I thought I was going to the garden for like an hour and a half, and I had this whole day of yard work planned at home and whatever. We get there, and there's just a lot to do. There's these huge piles of like dirt and compost and mulch and 
It's got to be spread out all over the garden. Go by and take a look. It's really cool looking. Uh, but I've carried this wheelbarrow for this really long time in this like old wooden skinny handled splinter fest of a wheelbarrow. Uh, I've got like scars on my hands because I didn't wear gloves. Uh, but like halfway through, I'm like, I just really like to go home right now. And, but there's so much left to do and endure. And at the end of it is this beautiful garden that's been manicured and, and worked and it's a great opportunity. And at the end of it is like, you know, a lot of you guys pay for a gym membership. I, I got a good workout. Didn't have to pay anything yesterday. And I, a lot of people pay to go like to, to sit in a, a tanning bed. I Like, look at my head. Like, I got that for free yesterday. Endurance brings good things to you. Endurance, at the end of endurance, is hope. Endure is a strong word. I want you to just put that on your desktop, too, and think about what it means to endure. Listen to these two quotes, too. John Stott says this. Jesus clearly looked beyond. That idea, looked beyond, is, is the idea of hope. To look beyond the present to the future. Jesus clearly looked beyond his death to his resurrection. That is hope. Looking beyond today to tomorrow. Beyond his sufferings to his glory. And indeed was sustained. He was sustained. He wasn't destroyed by his trials. He was sustained by them. Indeed was sustained by his trials by the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? Jesus. God saying to him, sit down at my right hand. Your work is finished. It is equally clear that he expected his followers to share his perspective. Look beyond your death to your resurrection. Look beyond your sufferings to heaven. This is hope. John Calvin says this, so that in sum, hope is nothing less than the expectation of things that faith has believed to be truly promised by God. Thus faith believes God to be truthful. Faith believes God to be truthful, but hope expects that he will show his veracity at the opportune time. Faith believes God to be truthful. Hope expects God to be truthful. The next thing, hope, what hope is. Hope does not put us to shame. Go to our our verse here. Uh, it's, It's verse five. Hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not put us to shame. This is This is really cool. I shared this with the worship team earlier. What hope is, what this word shame is. This word shame, the Greek word, appears one other time in Scripture. It appears when Peter denies Christ. That shame, that disappointment, that letting down is what Peter was when he denied Christ. And it is the opposite of what hope gives to us. What is hope? It's the opposite of shame. It's the opposite of what was in Peter when he denied Christ. And this is yours. 
in Jesus. Peter shamed Jesus in his denial. Jesus does not shame you in your hope. He can't. Goes against what it is. This is your hope. It does not put you to shame. Let's conclude with some practical stuff. How do we get hope? First, according to Romans 5, we've talked about it already, we endure. Because endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. Endure. Think hard on that word today, now, this week. How else do we get hope? Flip over to to Romans 15.4. It's going to be on the screen as well. We read the scriptures. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. So how do you get hope? According to Romans 15.4, two things. One, endurance through sufferings partners with the scriptures. Reading about God, pouring yourself into who God is and how he's revealed himself in this book, through his word, brings about hope, brings about strength. Look at the the words that are used to describe hope. Endurance, anchor, steadfast, secure. These are the words that describe hope. And the way to get that is not just to endure, but to pour yourself, your mind, your spirit, all that you are, into the scriptures. Let's read this one again. For whatever was written in former days was written for your instruction. The word of God was written for your instruction and to give you hope. As God reveals himself, hope comes. How do you get this kind of hope that pushes you to endurance, that brings about this lack of shame, that that is all that you, you need it to be. How do you receive that? How do you firmly plant that into your being? Read the scriptures. The last thing, to get hope. How do we get hope? We endure. We read the scriptures. And Romans 15, 13, pray for the Spirit to give it to you. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope I love that. Let's stop and think about that for a second. May the God of hope, the God that we serve is a God of hope. He is hope. If you want hope, go to him for it. He's the God of hope. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I love, I never use the word abound unless I'm reading scripture, but it's a beautiful word, abound. Like it's everywhere. In your heart and in your life, it's just everywhere. For me, on Cooper's baseball game, I was just abounding in joy and happiness and excitement. It was just everywhere. Look at my son. He's got a smile on his face. Look at his coach, and he's telling the other kids about how great he did. And look at my wife, and she's so happy. And they're just, everywhere I look is joy and happiness. And yay, 
abounding. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you might abound in hope. Dave just got through talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have a, a session coming up you can do on Thursday nights about the Holy Spirit and the, the gift that he is. And one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit is, is providing you with this hope. The confident expectation of good that is to come even in the midst of hardship and struggle and pain and difficulty. That is hope. And it's essential. It's a foundational building block to our faith. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the revelation of Scripture. I thank you that you are a God of hope. I thank you for images of rejoicing in hope. I thank you for the strength to endure and the gifts that are mine when I endure, God. The gifts that are ours when we endure, Father. God, I thank you that the hope that you give does not, will not, cannot put us to shame. It is strong. It is not flimsy. It is not weak. It's secure. It's an anchor to our souls. Father, would you guide us as we press into what hope is, Father? Would you enlighten our brains and our hearts to know this hope, God? God, we give our lives to you. We give ourselves to you by the power of the finished work of the cross. In Christ's name.